welcome to the Preston Minster podcast. We want you to find your home, find your purpose and transform your city. Thanks so much. Um, If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to um, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 to 6 and I'll read that little short passage before we crack on. So 2 Corinthians 3, 4 to 6 says this, such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Today, I want to talk to you about three ways to get more confidence in spite of your incompetence. And really, I kind of feel uniquely kind of positioned to give this message. So um, the first way to get more confidence is not to trust your competence. I I said earlier that I grew up in the Lake District. um, And if you've never heard of the Lake District, it's not far away. Um, And um, it's a gorgeous place. It's absolutely stunning, especially when you uh, move to somewhere not like Preston, somewhere like London, where there's none of the kind of beauty. Well, there is beauty. It's different. Um, um, And the lakes, it's an amazing place. And I was really lucky to be kind of part of this youth group growing up and with my parents as well and took real advantage of the great outdoors. So I grew up kind of hanging off the end of ropes, cycling bikes on muddy tracks, like climbing hills, paddling canoes down rivers and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of grew up and I thought that I was quite a confident, outdoorsy kind of guy. I thought I'm quite good at all of this stuff. I'm quite competent. I'm quite confident. I've got a lot of self-confidence. not much kind of phases me. I wasn't scared of heights, all that kind of stuff. Um, when I had kids, I lost all of that. Anyway, um, and um, I remember once we were 18, uh, me and my mates, we decided to go and climb one of the hills in the lakes. It's called Great Gable. It's, um, it's, a, it's a good little hill to climb up. And our plan was to kind of find this, the kind of the hardest route up without using any ropes. So we thought we'd kind of scramble up. There's a few different ways. And we set off. It was a gorgeous summer's day very similar to today. And, and we got halfway up, and my mate Dave, um, who's kind of the most competent guy there, he's the most, most kind of confident, he was like, oh, look, there's a kind of cliff, I reckon, with, there's a route up there. And I kind of looked at it and thought, sure. Um, and so we got to the bottom of this cliff, and we started climbing, and um, kind of got halfway up. And I kind of looked up, and I saw Dave kind of disappear over the top. And I thought, oh, great, not too far, only halfway. And I, I I kind of looked up and thought, I, I can't quite see how he got to where he got to from where I am. There was absolutely, it just looked like flat rock. And I thought, well, maybe if I, he must have gone left and then like climbed up a different route. So I kind of looked to my left and I couldn't really see a way up that way and thought, well, he can't have gone left because there's flat rock that way. So I Maybe, maybe, he, maybe he went right. So I looked to my right, and um, he must have taken a route that way. And I looked to my right, and it looked like flat rock that way. And I thought, my, he didn't go that way either. So how did, how did he get up? How did he get up there? Oh, I must have come the wrong way completely. Maybe if I go back down, and then I can like, find a different way up. And I kind of looked down, and I thought, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> oh, no. And in that like, moment, well, my confidence just disappeared, like gone. And I'd, like, basically, what had happened 
was my confidence had not matched my actual competence, and I found myself stuck on this rock on the side of Great Gable. I eventually somehow managed to kind of get down, so I was, I was okay. But my confidence had not matched my competence, and I was stuck, and my confidence had disappeared. The Apostle Paul writes these words that we heard earlier. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. Confidence is like a funny thing, isn't it? Because... Like in life, confidence, it feels like it's a really important thing to have. And also like in leadership, if you're kind of in any position in leadership, in and on of itself, like it isn't really anything apart from, from like an attitude or a feeling. It's like, it's here today, it's gone, it's gone tomorrow, it's here in an instant, it's gone. I went to watch a game of football last, uh, yesterday. It was Oxford United versus Bolton Wanderers. It was a huge game, huge game. And unfortunately, I'm a... Um, I'm a Blackburn Rovers fan, which I don't know how well that's going to go down here. Um, I've heard of Preston, small town in the north. Apparently, Bolton are massive. Never heard of it. Anyway, so, so I went to watch Bolton-Oxford yesterday, and it was like, like it was 2-2 at halftime. And then, um, and then the second half kind of wound on. And Bolton, I don't know how they did it. They just kind of got more and more into the game and they looked more and more confident, more and more confident. And Oxford, who'd scored the first goal and looked quality at the start, they just, their confidence just started to drop and drop and drop and they kind of, eventually they lost, they lost the game and Bolton won. Like their confidence arrived out of nowhere and, and Oxford's confidence dipped out of nowhere. It was, it was amazing to watch. With confidence, it feels like we can achieve anything. Like you hear athletes talking about it. If, we just, if I just trust my ability, if I just trust it, I believe that I can do anything. But without confidence, it's like the whole world falls apart and we like give up, we switch off or we, we get stuck, maybe literally stuck on a cliff. And maybe today you're here and you're struggling with confidence, with like self-confidence you might call it. Like maybe you don't feel confident there's something that you know you need to do but you don't have any confidence to do it or there's like a just in life you just low on confidence and it's gone maybe you felt like that for a long time well the first step to gaining confidence is not to trust your own competence and this is kind of counterintuitive in a way when you think about it because the world tells us to trust your competence, to trust what you've done. So like when you're doing a, a job application and you go to an interview, like the interviewer, they want you to talk about like what you've done, how well you did it, and how well you did, and what difference that made. And, and in a way, so we're kind of like, we're kind of told to trust ourselves, to back ourselves. So it's like, it feels really counterintuitive not to trust your own kind of abilities. And it's not a bad thing, but it's not it's not like the ultimate thing. It's, and it's tricky because we're, we're not just told to do it, but it's like really easy to do. I've done, I look back at my life and I think I've done like one, two things. And I'm, I feel really like proud about those two things that I've achieved, that I've done. Well done. Give myself a pat on the back. Makes me feel good. And everyone here today, I was amazed walking into the room today. It's just phenomenal to see the huge team, to see everyone here, like here's a coffee, look at our welcome lounge, our team's lounge, like it's amazing to see what's gone on here, like it, it must be really easy to think, wow, we're doing all right, and it's not a bad thing, but it's not like an ultimate thing, 
And it's not ultimate for, for two reasons. Firstly, because if you're basing your, like, your, your kind of competence on being like the best, like whatever it is, the best teacher, the best kind of best doctor or whatever it is, then unfortunately you're probably going to come across someone who's going to be better than you. There's always going to be a bigger fish. Like there's always a bigger fish, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And secondly, it's not really ultimate because one day you might come across a problem that you just can't fix, like a health issue or just something at work, just a thing that you just can't solve, like a problem that you just can't solve alone. And if you put all of your confidence eggs in the basket of your own competence, ultimately you're going to be let down. What we're looking for is like eternal confidence. And it's a confidence from God that it's always there and it's deeper than like superficial self-confidence. It's more lasting, more, it lasts longer than anything you could ever do, than anything you could ever achieve. Why? Because it's built on the solid rock of someone else's competence. And the second way to get more confidence then is to trust in the competence of Jesus Christ, to trust in that someone else who's eternally competent, which actually, at first look, might look like incompetence. One of my all-time heroes is a man called Hudson Taylor. Uh, Hudson Taylor had loads going for him. Um, he'd grown up in a northern town, tick. Um, he'd, he'd trained to become a doctor and he'd moved to East London. I, I didn't do that one. But um, he went on to practice medicine. And in many ways, like Hudson Taylor's life, he was set up for success. He was set up to, to do well. But, but he was kind of driven by this call on his life to be a missionary in China. And, and it... And it was like, it was almost like God was pushing him and pushing him out of his comfort zone to do something that many of his compatriots, many of his colleagues would think was kind of utterly stupid, incompetent almost. To leave behind his career in medicine, move to China and pray for and work towards people coming to faith in this kind of completely far off land. So giving up his competence, Hudson Taylor set sail on a ship to China. And um, his story's a, a remarkable story of one guy trusting in the competence of Jesus to fulfill an, a huge vision. And he gained so much confidence from Jesus during his time. And actually, when you read his autobiography, you see that he struggled an awful lot with his own self-confidence. He struggled so much with it. And in the same way, Hudson Taylor disregarded his competence and chose a different path. You and me, we, we can do the same too. We can trust that, that God is competent and that he will give you his competence, his confidence. But how does he do that? Well, maybe you're thinking it's all well and good to be called to China or whatever it is, but actually in my situation, I'm kind of stuck and I just feel like I've got no confidence. Well, the interesting thing I think is applicable to anyone here today about Hudson Taylor's story, if you read it, and if you read about what he did, well, he was a missionary in China, people read books about him, but he got to the end of his life and he died. And we look back and we think hugely successful missionary, but actually when you read about what happened just after his life, you kind of think, oh, well, I don't really know what impact he had. So just at the end of Hudson Taylor's life, he'd spent his, his kind of like working life raising up missionary leaders and sending them out into China and raising up more and sending them out and training locals and sending them out. And he'd started all of these like fledgling tiny churches all around kind of inland China and along the coastal parts of the coast as well. 
But actually, like compared to the population of China, which at the time was in its kind of tens of millions, that he hadn't scratched the surface. He hadn't really done anything. And at the end of his life, there was a thing called the, um, the Boxer Revolution, which basically kicked out or murdered thousands of these missionaries, many of whom were kind of part of Hudson Taylor's kind of um, organization. And the church was on its knees. And as time went on, the church kind of had a rocky kind of time. And then the cultural revolution happened a few decades later. Many more Christians were kind of kicked out of China. Missionaries were kicked out. People were executed. And the church was on its knees. It was this tiny seed that for all intents and purposes seemed dead. But it started to grow and to grow and to grow. And now, 120 years after Hudson Taylor, the estimates are that, you know, there's as many as 100 million Christians in China. In many ways, Hudson Taylor's incompetence is sowing the seed for, for 100 million people to have eternal confidence. And you and me today here, we can have that confidence because there was someone else who had every reason to be confident because he was supremely competent and that person is Jesus Christ and Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be to be grasped to be kind of taken used for his own advantage he humbled himself by taking on the very nature of a servant giving up his divine competence and confidence and being found as appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And on the cross, Jesus died a death that you or I here in this room, we wouldn't think that we would ever deserve or anyone that we would know would deserve. Like the cross for the Romans, the, only the, the lowest of the low, the people who the Romans saw as subhuman almost were executed on crosses. And Jesus, who's like the most perfect human ever, was executed on a cross. And he died for you and for me. He took away our sins, but also his competence and his confidence was stripped from him. But it was put on to you and it was put on to me. It was put on to us. And God raised Jesus from the dead so that you can know that you can have that confidence. It's long-lasting and it's not going to leave you because he isn't going to leave you because he's alive. He's here. And finally, the third way to have more confidence is to do it together. Look at how Paul uses this word in our reading. We. He uses the word we. The, the, um, the kind of the translations would, I guess, use the word y'all. Like when he's talking to you, he's like you all. Like we don't have that phrase. In America they do. It's y'all. So this is about us. It's not just about like individuals, it's about the whole community. So, so when you're thinking about your life and you're thinking about your work, maybe whatever you do, like a teacher or a doctor, or, or maybe you're thinking about like life at home as a kind of mom or a dad, maybe you're thinking about like, you know, you're on a team here at church or you're like leading the church and you're thinking like, oh, this is about me. It's not, don't worry. It's, you're part of a team, you're part of a body of people. It's called the body of Christ. It's called the church. You're not alone. I used to spend loads of my time, actually, 
going up and down the country. When I was at university, I'd kind of travel up and down the country on trains, visiting my friends who, um, you know, we'd grown up in the lakes, and, but we were kind of spread out the, um, around the country. And so I'd spend my time going visiting friends in different parts, parts of the UK. And it was great fun, but I'd spend my time, I remember on trains or buses, in between seeing friends or like going back home. And I'd feel, you know, really alone, actually. I'd just feel alone. And I was a, I'm a bit of a kind of muse. I quite like listening to music and kind of getting wound up in the, in the emotion of it. But I used to listen to this Bob Dylan song that would, um, it's it called, um, uh, I can't remember what it's called anyway. It's got this line in it. And it's, how does it feel to be on your own, a complete unknown? And I'd listen to it. and. I, I remember one time I was traveling back to my parents and I was at Preston bus station, which is a gorgeous place. It's delightful. And I, was, I remember this song going around my head and I thought, I, crumbs. I'm supposed to be a Christian, like part of a church. And, but I just feel alone. I feel like I'm not changing. My life was like one kind of, it felt like one kind of story of incompetence after another. And, and what I, I was looking for a community, to be honest, I was part of a church. I was keeping it at arm's length. I wasn't really committed. I knew all the stuff. I knew the logic of the Christian faith. I knew everything. I'd like grown up seeped in it, but I hadn't, I hadn't got stuck in. I hadn't committed. Um, and actually, I wasn't being changed. I, my life felt stagnant. It felt like I wasn't really kind of going anywhere. And then eventually, I found myself on another train heading down to London. I landed in this church in East London and uh, there was a guy on the front door who um, I'll never forget. He's a great friend and he invited me uh, to a pub with a load of other people um, after the service. Um, And then someone else that same night said, look, you've just moved here. Um, I know, like, uh, if you need a place to stay, come and live with me. And I ended up living with this guy who's part of the church for a whole year and, uh, and then someone else said, look, I've got this connect group, or a, we call, uh, you call them group, I think, you, um, whatever it was, small group. They were like, come and join this small group. So I joined this small group. And, and little by little, my life started to change. I joined this uh, night shelter team. So we had a night shelter. I was on the breakfast rotor. And um, I'm, so I met my wife, who was also on the breakfast rotor. We were cooking beans together. So if you're here and you're single, Think about the breakfast rotor at a night shelter. Um, and, and, you know, actually, as, my, as I got deeper and deeper into the life of this church, my faith got deeper and deeper. And my life started to kind of turn around. And, and I felt this kind of lack of confidence kind of disappear. And, you know, the really interesting thing about that was is there was like this group of us like um, who were part of this church. And we were just kind of getting more and more stuck into community, I guess you could call it that word, um, we were getting more and more stuck into the life of the church, the way the church kind of turned over, the things it did, you know, really there's nothing new under the sun to what churches do, but like we just got more and more stuck into it, deeper friendships, people would kind of end up getting married or they like kind of start new things and all that kind of stuff and, and as we got deeper and deeper into the life of the church, it was almost like the church started to grow and grow and the church got better at the things that the church got better at. The church as a whole, we got more competent. It wasn't just about me. It wasn't just about whoever. It was about us together. So maybe you're worried 
because you're here today and you're sat and you're feeling a little bit insignificant. You're feeling like you're lacking confidence. Well, look around you. You're part of a community of people being formed by Jesus Christ. So get stuck in. Go deeper. Join a group. Join one today if you can't, if you haven't done one yet. I mean, if I was given the opportunity to get up and go running around a park at nine in the morning, I would actually grab it with two hands because I don't get to get up at nine in the morning. Um, That doesn't happen. But everyone here, we can have that eternal confidence in whatever we're doing. Whatever your job is, if you do finance reports, you can have eternal confidence in Christ. If you're, if you're like a youth worker, if you're a teacher, if you're a doctor, if you're, if you're a mum at home, if you're a dad at home, whatever it is, you can have confidence in Christ. And then maybe, just maybe, if God's good enough, which I think he is, he might make you pretty good at what you do, but you might not be able to see how good you are at what you're doing. And actually, when I come to a place like this, I can see people are pretty good anyway, so you're most of the way there. But just remember that that eternal confidence is in Christ and it's in his church. Thank you so much for listening to the Preston Minster podcast. We'll see you again soon.